0: Hey, welcome to the Risen Nation Church podcast. We're so glad that you've joined us. Our goal and desire here at Risen Nation Church is to prepare a place for God's presence with God's people. If you'd like more information on upcoming events or how to connect with us or even to partner with us, you can visit risennation.org. We do hope you enjoy today's message. I just like preaching today. Is that okay? Um, how many of you are here Monday night? I okay. just wanna say I'm sorry if it rattled your cage. And if you weren't here, I don't know if you're ever gonna hear it, to be honest. So um, you can come and talk to one of our leaders if you wanna get it, but I wanna make something super clear as your pastor, okay? I am not an eschatology preacher. I'm a Jesus preacher, okay? So we're not gonna be like the rest. We're not gonna get caught up in a debate but we are gonna stand firm on what we believe, right? But sometimes I think people like build timelines when they need to build the kingdom of God, yeah. right? So, so I wanna make something super clear. If you weren't here, this is the preface of the whole thing encompassed in just one sentence. We're not here to pursue an escape. There's a reason that our feet are on the ground. There's a reason you were born You're not just here by accident and going, okay, Lord, coronavirus is happening, all kinds of stuff. This seems like the right time to get me the heck out of here. You were born for more than that. So here's just the whole, let me just say it like this. We're we're not gonna be a church that's gonna pursue escape. We're gonna be a church that pursues the establishment of the kingdom of God on earth. All right, so... If however that messes with your theology, I'm sorry, you can come to your own conclusions. But what I read in my Bible in Luke 17, and I just, I just need to touch on this, and then we're gonna see where this goes. But Luke seventeen, twenty through 24 says, "'Now having been asked by the Pharisees "'when the kingdom of God would come.'" So Jesus is being asked, he replied, "'The kingdom,' this is the Amplified, "'the kingdom of God is not coming with signs "'to be observed or with a visible display.'" Okay. Nor will people say, look, this is not me preaching. This is the Bible, Luke 17, 20 through 24. People will say, look, here it is. Remember the Y2K? The turn of the century in the 1900s, that's gonna be the time, the, the Y2K. Oh, he's let's, let's get on the high mountains and make sure we're as close as possible to heaven that we believe is like on Pluto or something. See, that messes with people because we've we've made everything so materialistic because we don't have an encounter with the spirit <laughs> people will say look here it is and there it is but don't listen to them for the kingdom of god is among you translations say the kingdom of god doesn't come by observation but it is within you and i love what the amplified says because of my presence So the kingdom of God is the presence of God on the earth. And we are the domain of God. If he lives in us, then the king and his domain, that makes up a kingdom. And we are that kingdom in the earth. The time will come when you will long to even see one of the days of the son of man and you will not see it. They will say, look, the Messiah is there, and look, he is there. Do not go away to see him, and do not run after them, for just like the lightning, when it flashes out of one part of the sky and gives light to the other part of the sky, so visible will the Son of Man be in his day. How many of you know that you are children of that day? You are sons of light. It says that you are the light of the world, and when one and one get apprehended, it'll be like lightning in the east, it'll be like lightning in Dallas, it'll be like lightning in Florida, and the whole world is going to see a king and his kingdom, all right? So, so I just want to make sure that we're clear. Do I believe in the coming of Christ? Absolutely. But do I believe he's coming for a church that's defeated, scared, cold, and filled with coronavirus? Absolutely not. The Lord didn't fail and then say, oh no, I need to get him out before it's too late. Man, if we could see how powerful his cross is, everything would change. If we would see that God is, it's impossible for God to fail. Like, it, it's impossible. He didn't go, oh no, he ate from the tree. Crap. Is that okay to say in church? Sorry, David. Sorry, David. Felt it from David a little bit. Just but listen. We're all waiting for a sign, but what if God wants you to be that sign? We're, we're waiting for something in the sky and the Lord's like, when are you gonna be the light of the world that I paid a price to make you? I mean, I did my part. I'm just waiting for my domain to do theirs. Come on, what does it say? That the government will be upon his shoulders. Are you the body of Christ? And of his government, there will be no end, and it's just gonna increase, and it's gonna increase, and it's gonna increase. increase. So we're not hiding in a corner waiting for God to rescue us. We are the bride of Christ, ready with oil in our lamps, meekness in our hearts, and we are gonna flood the earth with the kingdom of God through humility. So... Whatever conclusion you want to come to from that statement, go ahead. But we are not pursuing an escape mission. We are pursuing the kingdom of God being made manifest in the earth. It says in Revelation 11 that there will come a day that the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our God. And I'm banking that there's going to be a remnant, a generation that's going to see that. And if we don't see it as a church, we can't be going two different directions. So if you're part of this house, we have one mission, that his presence completely consumes us and consumes everything around us. And all of a sudden, our environment, I love what Todd says. I love what Todd says. He says, Jesus didn't die to get us just, just to get us to heaven, but Jesus died to get heaven into us. The world is groaning with great expectation for the sons of God to be made known. We are, women included, the sons of God, the beloved. I love the word in, in Greek, it's the weos of God. We are the weos of God in the earth and the earth is waiting, it says that actually the the cosmos are on tiptoe. Will this be the generation? It's hard to be that generation when all we wanna do is get out of the world. When Jesus prayed in John 17, Father, I pray that you take them not out of the world. This is his prayer, but that you keep us from the evil one, which means that we're gonna have to punch something in the face. We're here to invade. We're not here to escape. Clear? Amen. Amen. No one offended? Great. Praise God. Because listen, because listen, as the world and a majority of the church is waiting for a sign, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, God's raising a people in secret that are going to steward the mustard seed of the kingdom. We're not waiting for the big thing. The big thing was on a cross 2,000 years ago, and he's going, when will the people pick up their own cross and follow me? Are are you with me? So uh, I just, I gotta read it. It's (laughs) Revelation 5, 9 through 10 says, and they sang a new song saying, worthy are you to take the book and break its seals. For you were slain and purchased for God. You were purchased for him. You weren't purchased to do something for him. You were just purchased for him. With with your blood, men from every tribe and tongue and people and nation, you have made them. I want you guys, everyone open to Revelation 5 really quick or just put it on your device because I want you to highlight them. And I, I had a question one time someone said, Well, when you talk about a remnant a lot that's going to see the glory of God. Here's my heart. Again, I, I'm, I'm kind of like already in this season of saying crazy, controversial things, so might as well just go in a little bit more deeper. I don't think it's gonna take everyone. Now, hear me out. Do we want to win everyone? Of course, but does the everyone need to see someone? Like, the Lord is causing a remnant to consecrate themselves, and, and, if, and like Abraham prayed, if I could just find 10 in the city, like, I, I heard a pastor, um, I'm going to quote him a couple of times today, by the name of Damon Thompson. Oh my gosh. Most of you don't know him, and he was one of the, he was a voice in Brownsville, but this man is incredible. He said it like this, we are sons of God, yes or no? Jesus was the firstborn amongst many brethren, yes or no? We've been adopted into the family of God, yes or no? We carry the same authority, the same power that Jesus left for us, yes or no? Okay, so if the answer is yes, what did one son do? What if there was a hundred, right? So God's not raising a remnant and they're like a higher race than everyone else. No, God's raising a remnant for the rest. God's raising a remnant to win the rest. God's raising the remnant that the whole world is going to see a people and say, I want what they have. It says that Jesus will be the desire of the nations. How are they going to see that? They're going to see his presence on you. So listen, it says, you have made them. This is back to Revelation 5, 9 through 10. You have made them, underline them, to be a kingdom and priests to our God. Some translations say you have made them to be kings and priests. I love the NASB because it's a little bit more literal. You have made them a kingdom and priests to our God and they will reign upon the earth. That's a little different than they will get the heck out of here. It's a little bit different, just a bit. No, 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 I'm gonna make them a kingdom and they are gonna reign on the earth. Is he coming? Of course he's coming. But what's he coming for? A bride that's made herself ready that's gonna meet him in the air and welcome him into his kingdom. Ooh, there's never, listen, there's never, I'm just so excited because I'm seeing a generation's eyes open because when I grew up, I grew up in a church where my dad would preach this stuff and people would pick it outside the door because everyone wants, don't take, don't take this, this escape from me. Don't, this is my, you see, our hope has been put into an event. Rather than our hope being in a man who already came and he's here now and he's going to come again. Our hope is in Jesus. But we like, don't touch the sacred cows. I'm going to destroy all of them. I've been feeling like this Jehu thing lately where I just want to destroy everything. That exalts itself above the knowledge of God. And the sooner that we stop being consumed by Jezebel, which hear this, hear this out. You know that Jezebel can sometimes be a congregation? And I'm not saying you're my high heart. You are not, this, you guys are, you belong to me and the Lord and we are a family. You're not Jezebel. But how many people do we have out there? How many people Pastors, do we have out there afraid to go too far because they're controlled by the opinions of the people? And so we'll get a truth in secret and we'll be afraid to tell it in the open because Jezebel rules our hearts. Not in this house. I I believe God is anointing this house for controversy. I I, I believe He's anointing this house for friction that's gonna cause a fire. Oh, it's so good. There's never been a time ever that's better than right now to arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you and deep darkness is crazy all over the earth. And rather than putting our hope in an escape to get the heck out of here, I'm gonna put my hope in the glory of God upon my life. And when our hope, listen, Christ in you is the hope of glory. That word hope is not wishing for that day to come. That word hope in Greek means confident expectation. Christ in me is the confident expectation that the glory of the Lord is gonna be seen upon my life and creation is gonna see the glory of God. What would it be like? if creation saw like a million people that looked just like Jesus, what did one son accomplish? What could a million do? And what keeps us from it is a lack of knowledge and truth. And pastors afraid to talk about it while the world's still groaning and waiting, but we gotta make sure that people come back. I don't know if you can tell, we do not preach do anything here to make sure you come back. I pray every week, Lord, trim the fat and I'm gonna drink the sweet Like the Bible says. And if they leave, they leave. But what you're going to raise up is you're going to raise up a remnant that's going to see it. And when they see it, all those that left, we're not going to win them so they come back to our church. We're going to win them so that they see the kingdom of God on the earth. Okay? Arise and shine, your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Expect darkness, but when the darkness comes... We've never had a greater hope than this moment right now. And my hope, I can't say it enough, is not flying somewhere. My hope is in that as the waters cover the sea, the knowledge of the glory of God is gonna fill the earth. Guys, it's all over scripture. And Holy Spirit, I pray you open their hearts to it and you crush religion in their mind. In Jesus' name. So here's my question, how? I want you guys to go to Matthew 5 with me. Really quick, I told you I... I came to preach today. I don't know if this is a series. I don't know what's happening. I don't care. I'm gonna preach the gospel. Matthew five, here, here listen, this is the constitution of the kingdom of God. It's more than just an attitude. We've named it the Beatitudes and that's fine and cute. It's more than an attitude. It is a way of life, a way of being in this kingdom. So listen, blessed are the poor in spirit, Matthew 5.3 for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So number one, the kingdom of God. See, sometimes what I see with this message is it creates arrogance in people who think that they're all that, when actually how the kingdom of heaven comes is not the strong in spirit, but the poor in spirit, yeah. right? So, so then jump down and it says, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. If we're preaching a message the gospel of the kingdom. And the gospel of the kingdom, and the kingdom on earth, and the earth is our inheritance. That's what it says. If the earth is our inheritance, then there must be a reason I'm here. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. So if we are going to inherit the earth and see the kingdom of God on the earth, it's not going to come through great strength. It's going to come through great humility. It's a constitution. It's We can say that we are the kingdom of God, but if our life doesn't wash feet and chooses to debate eschatology, see, we're just gonna preach Jesus here. I'm not gonna try to like go through timelines with you. We're just gonna preach Jesus. And as we preach Jesus and preach the kingdom, the more and more that the kingdom's gonna increase as eyes and hearts are awakened to the reality of the beloved identity that Jesus paid for us to walk in. But here's the identity, blessed are the meek, for theirs, for they will inherit the earth. If we want to see the kingdom of God on the earth, it only comes through meekness. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So what does the invasion of the kingdom look like? It looks like washing feet, being persecuted, and serving those that don't deserve it. Psalms 37 basically says the same thing. I I believe that Jesus is actually part of what he's saying here as he's quoting Psalms 37, which says in verse seven, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him, for evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait on the Lord. It's so good. That word wait means to bind together those that have twisted and intertwined themselves with him. Those that expect... Listen to this. This is what the Hebrew said. Those that wait, it's not just sitting in a room doing nothing. Those that wait upon the Lord, it says, expect and gather. It's what God's doing. He's assembling. Those that bind themselves, intertwine themselves with him, expect and gather themselves to him. He says it like this. They shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall be no more. Indeed, when you look carefully for his place, but it shall be no more. But the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of Of peace. I just got to make this one more point. How many of you were chosen in him before the foundation of the world? Okay, if you're chosen in him, Ephesians 1 4, before the foundation of the world, and and Romans 8 29 says, Those he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to him. So if I was given a destiny before the world was, if I was in glory with him before the world was, if my origin was heaven, see, no one's just, you're not just here by accident. You didn't just show up today because you were in town. You weren't born because mom and dad liked each other, or maybe boyfriend and girlfriend, God forbid. There was something deeper that God saw out of millions of chances, He saw you and He said, For such a time as this, I'm gonna send them in this one right now. Like I've been constantly thinking, Lord, why would you ask me to start a church during COVID-19? I mean, you, this year has been like, what is happening? It's crazy. And the Lord's like, what better time? What have what I raised you for? Have I raised you to have a nice, comfy church? No, no, no. I put you at the, when did Jesus come? And he came when Rome was taking over the world. There's a, there's, see, everyone's trying to inherit the earth because it's God's promise to his people, but they're not going to win. He already told us. So if I was chosen in him before the foundation of the world and, and I'm predestined and I'm predestined to be conformed to him, like I'm not predestined to work for him. I'm not predestined to be a pastor, apostle, teacher, evangelist. All those are amazing, but I'm predestined to be his, which absolutely revolutionized my life. Like I thought that I needed to be my dad and Benny Hinn for a lot of my life. And I thought if I'm not filling a stadium, I'm doing something wrong. And God's like, if I needed you know, to do something for me, I would have told you that. But what I told you is I don't need something from you. I just love you that much that I just want you. And so if I'm chosen in him before the foundation of the world, why, why? Just get in this line of thinking. Why would God, okay, just hear me out on this. Take me from heaven. Take me from glory and send me here with coronavirus with death, with loss, with destruction, with bills. Why would he send me here where he knows that we're going to fight anxiety and fear and the message that we hear is just stay the heck out of hell? It doesn't make sense, God. Why why'd you just leave me there? Why bother? Lord, like your manifold wisdom has got to be more. It's got to be more than just sending me from glory to a wicked earth to just get back as quick as possible. And in the meantime, stay out of hell. Doesn't make sense. It's okay to ask questions. Usually revelation starts with one. But I'm like, at some point, we got to go deeper. We've really got to see what repentance is. We've really got to see it. Of course it's repenting from sin. We were all born in sin. All of us. I heard Todd one time say, we might as well just go after all the sacred cows, homosexuality. People are like, well, I'm born this way. Oh, well, of course you were. Everyone's born in sin. That's why you have to be born again. But when you see what repentance truly is, that he didn't send me here to just say, sorry, Lord, and keep saying, sorry, Lord. Just as soon as you can get me back to, our, to the mansion with the gold streets, that would be incredible. You see how materialistic we've become and how shallow in our hearts. And we think that a revival is happening when people are answering an altar call because they're scared out of their minds about hell. And, and what they're doing is, is we're, uh, and I have to repent today because I've done that. I, I get up and man, I can make you scared out of your mind. I know how to do it. I'm very good at it. And I'll, and I'll wave a banner that says, hell awaits you just like Todd's protesters. See, we don't like it, but we do the same thing. We don't like it, but we preach the same thing. And we make it about a location rather than a person who said, this is eternal life, that they may know you. Not this is eternal life. Staying out of hell and getting to heaven. That's not eternal life. I'm not taking heaven away from you. You're going to put off this tent. You're going to step into glory and you might see your dog there. I'm I'm all for it. Jason and I had a full-on full-on conversation about how we believe animals are going to heaven. Except cats. Except cats. But no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Their eyes are not shaped the same as all the other ones. I think I heard Dan Moeller one time say they came after the fall. That's fine. So many people are offended. I love your cats. That's fine. Bless you if you have cats. I like dogs. So... I'm all all for that. I believe that we are going to like rejoice and it's going to be amazing and we're going to have a party and there's going to be a wedding feast. But this is eternal life that they may know you. So it's not locational. It's relational. It's not somewhere in the cosmos. You know how long they've been searching? I've been really into documentaries lately about the universe because I'm just fascinated by God. And there's a, They sent out, I don't even know what it's called. I wasn't really paying attention, but something in like the 70s that's still going. And it's past Jupiter and it's past Saturn. Anyone know the name of it? The what? The Hubble? Hubble, 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 I don't know. Something that NASA sent out. Not, I don't think it's a telescope, but they actually sent out. Okay, you guys know what I'm talking about, okay? So they sent this thing out that's flying in space and I don't understand it but it's been going at like thousands of miles an hour for for like 30 something years and you know what they found just amazing beautiful things of god but they still haven't found anyone else <laughs> like surely god is bigger Then the vastness of the universe that we've discovered only it says four to 5% of in all of our advancement and technology. And God made all of it and said, all of it's waiting on you. I heard my dad say like this, that all of it is a speck in comparison, a speck in comparison to what lives inside of you. Because the one who all things were made through for and in and all things consist in him said, I want you to be my everlasting habitation. It is mind boggling. And where do you want to go? They're going and they're not really finding anything. The Lord has a way of taking just a little earth, something so small. And while the generation's seeking a big sign, there's a mustard seed. The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. So I just, I wasn't planning on spending that much time on that. but we are the kingdom of God in the earth. And the constitution of that kingdom is meekness. Everyone say meekness. Meekness. And and if you ask, well, how do we get there? Write down meekness and oil. Meekness and oil. All right. Uh, I want you guys to go to Romans 8 and just follow along. I'm actually gonna read it. How many of you have ever read the Passion translation before? I'm gonna read just some of this in the Passion. And... uh, And we're not going to be that long, but this is what it says, okay? Now, I believe that our identity as sons and the kingdom of God, that that revelation of our beloved identity and the kingdom of God, that's our inheritance, that revelation will increase, hear me, as the revelation of God's goodness increases, okay? So just remember that that will continue to be revealed more and more and more to this, the more that God's goodness and love is revealed to us. Okay, so it's not, I can't tell you enough, I didn't finish what I was saying on repentance for a reason, but it's not just about our sin, it's all about him. And you have to go from repenting just because we need them to pray the prayer, and if they don't say the full thing, they missed it, and we gotta do it again. If they don't dunk the full way under the water, maybe they're still dirty and and if we don't make it like the exactly like the religion that we grew up in we think that we've missed something and we think it's revival but this is revival when I was dead and I was awakened and now I've become alive repentance is transition repentance is going from death to life it's going from dark to light it's it's not just saying sorry every day and that the mission of my life is to just do and be righteous. No, no, no. You have to leave your life, die to your flesh, come alive to God into his righteousness that you can't work up, that becomes his life. And now sin, it's not attached to you anymore. It's not even a way of thinking anymore. You have to go from being saved just from hell, saved into the kingdom of God. Okay, so... We have to see repentance is more than just sin, sin, sin. It's love, love, love. It's grace, grace, grace that was undeserving and it changes our condition, okay? So leaving sin is a direct result of meeting him. It is amazing to me how many people I've seen answer an altar call because they were petrified of hell, convicted of their sin and they never met him. We, we have to be convicted. Yes, I heard someone say it like this. We have to be convicted, but we have to now step into being convinced. Wow. I'm not living my whole life so sin conscious that everything in me is just, I'm constantly convicted of everything. No, 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 I'm convinced of who I am in Christ and my conviction is in him. It's, the conviction is loving him. It's, I've encountered his grace. I've attached myself to him, something that's better than any lust, any sin, any drug, any ounce of alcohol has ever given me. When I get around alcohol today, my heart doesn't start beating fast because it has no hold on me. We've got a crush sin consciousness in the church come alive to God consciousness and everything changes, okay? So this is, this is Romans 8. I'm almost done. I'm gonna keep telling you that throughout this whole day so that you feel better. It says this, okay? So now, this is the passion. I love it. This is Romans 8. So now the case is closed. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Jesus, the anointed one for the law of the spirit of life flowing through the anointing of Jesus has liberated us from the law of sin and death. Then I'm jumping down and it says, and we are free to live not according to our flesh, but by the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit. Those who are motivated, and this is what I want you to hear, I wouldn't attempt following along unless you have the passion those that are motivated by the flesh only pursue what benefits them. Listen, but those who live by the impulses, everyone say impulses, but those who live by the impulses of the Holy Spirit are motivated to pursue spiritual realities. For the mindset of the flesh is death, but the mindset controlled by the Spirit Brings life in the jumping to verse 12. So then, beloved ones, the flesh has no claim on us at all, and we are no longer further under the obligation to live in obedience to it. For when you live controlled by the flesh, you are about to die, but if you live, if your life is in the spirit, it puts to death the corrupt ways of the flesh. We then taste his abundant life. The mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses. Everyone say impulses of the Holy Spirit, and you did not receive a spirit of religious duty, leading you back into the fear of never being good enough, but you have received the spirit of full acceptance enfolding you into the family of God, and you will never feel orphaned, for as he rises up within us, our spirits join in, saying the words of tender affection, beloved Father. For the Holy Spirit makes, a, makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being, you are God's beloved child. Oh my goodness. It's amazing how much we have trained people in the church to have strong flesh. Gosh. It's incredible how we tell people to die to it, but then we teach them how to have good works outside of the Holy Spirit. And we bite our tongue. And we tell people, listen, stop living in sin after they've been saved for like 30 years. It just shows you that they weren't born again. If you are in willful sin, and we come against willful sin, of course, but there's only one answer. It's being born again into the kingdom of his beloved son. And we have strengthened flesh in the church through religious duty and act. Listen, we as a church today are incredible at making it strong. And we've made righteousness, listen, an act of doing rather than a gift of being. Teaching people to behave or you'll go to hell creates a legalism that produces orphans who think they can do this on their own strength with good behavior. Strong in spirit rather than poor in spirit. And when you see that we were undeserving, but it was his good pleasure to give us the kingdom, that while I was yet a sinner, Christ died for me. All of the sudden righteousness becomes an undeserving gift that you'll treasure with your life. Your life will be godly because your life is in God. Listen, this is Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one can boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. But what are your good works? Your works which God prepared. It's a meal that he prepared that we should walk in them. Now listen, I think everyone can, can understand this. There is a place in God, and I've been asking God this whole week for this. And I'm almost done. There's a place in God. Where do you gotta go? Every restaurant is pretty much closed anyways. So silly. There is a place in God where we can desire him by the impulses of the spirit. Everyone in this room understands better what it is to live by the impulses of the flesh. And we call it conviction. Didn't get that? Strong flesh, no such thing. You have to, you can't live by the flesh. You live by the spirit. But everyone in this room understands like the intensity of, that the flesh produces for lustful passions. It's easy to understand because everyone's experienced it, that that lustful desire for the things of the world, that desire to have alcohol maybe, that desire to have drugs if you were a drug addict, that that overwhelming passion to fill yourself with the things of the world. Everyone understands that because everyone has flesh. But what God is, is, is making available right now is a people that have caught an understanding that live by the impulses not of the flesh but of the spirit. So if you consider like the biggest lustful passion you've ever had, what if I told you that it was possible to desire the Holy Spirit with that same lustful passion? That that thing that used to control you, that that when you wake up in the morning, your first thought is not coffee and breakfast. And, and when you get home from work, your first thought, you see, it sounds legalistic, but really it's love. And when you get home, your first thinking is not, I'm going to put my feet up, I really deserve it. No, no, no. But you are so intertwined, so attached, like my son was crying this morning just because he wanted me to hold him. Where does he get that from? Like, what is it about our kids that they hate sleeping in their own bed, my God? I wake up pretty much every night with a foot in my face, being kicked, being tormented, not by the devil, by my children. All the time, constantly. But why do they want to sleep in our bed? Like in that moment, man, we offered him blippy. We all, I mean, like, I'm trying to get ready for church. Yeah, I know you guys are all great parents and you got it figured out. But I'm like, find something to give the kid. And he didn't want any of it. He calls me Bubba. He said, I want Bubba. And he cries and he cries because he's attached to me. And when I hand him to another person, he doesn't like it. And I kind of like that. <laughs> And every parent understands, like, you wait for that moment when your kids get old enough to reach for you when someone else is holding them. And you're like, oh, it's okay, I'm so sorry, but deep down you want to whisper to them, I love you so much. <laughs> you see, that, we should have that impulse as the people of God that when the world tries to consume us and pick us up, that we are constantly reaching back to him saying, I, I'm attached. I'm attached. I don't have anything else. Like, without him, I have nothing. There is this intimate desire, this, this place of being like, like a horse with a bit on his mouth. And I believe the Lord is bringing us into a place where he's gonna teach us by his Holy Spirit how to crave him again. Like that craving, I know that it's subtle. I know that it's little and it sounds legalistic. This whole point of this message is to get out of legalism and come into him. But let me say this, that, that thing, that craving, that yeah, this is why fasting is incredible. Like I crave chips. I, I, don't, I don't like sweets, but I will destroy a bag of Doritos. <laughs> Right. Everyone understands. If you don't know drugs, you know what it's like to crave a cinnamon bun. Anyone ever been there? Donuts, cinnamon bun. uh, I'm giving you all the things to make you hungry, and then I'm not going to let you go anywhere. I promise I'm almost done. Man, we understand it at that level, but we have no idea what it means to crave the Lord. And we need a worship team to cheerlead us on, to feel something. Listen, we've got to learn what it means to actually crave him with the same passion in which he craved us, that he would go as far as wrapping himself in flesh. It doesn't even make sense. Listen, God is love and everything about him is love. I want you to write it down. God is love plus nothing. Now hear me, I'm almost done. (laughs) I won't, I, I might say it a few more times just to bother you. Listen, his love doesn't need to be balanced with his wrath. His love is not balanced by his judgment, God is love, which means that even his wrath has to be love. He's that good, that even his judgment has to be love. I heard someone say like this, that he will destroy anything that hinders between you and love and he'll take it all out of your life and he will judge you because he loves you. Listen, listen, listen. Does he have wrath? Of course. Is he severe? Absolutely. But why have we made it two separate messages like as if he's two gods and he has mood swings? So good. So good. He is love. He's never not love. So everything he does has to be love. It's where our hope is. Listen, I heard that same guy I love this. God is not re- God is redemptive. God is not bipolar. I heard this guy, Damon Thompson, say this. We've made God bipolar. Some days he's wrathful, some days he's loving, and you better stay on his good side. But listen, I have news for you there's no other side. Every side of him is good. Yeah. Uh, I, I talked about it in worship. You've got four creatures, and they're full of eyes, and they watch him all day. And all day they cry. Worthy, worthy, holy, holy is the one who was, who is, and who is to come. And there's never come a moment where they were like, we found his bad side. <laughs> these, these creatures full of eyes. And listen, don't cross him wrong because because he might be having a bad day. No, 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 God is good all the way around. There's no darkness in him. There's no shadows in him. He is so, see, I can feel it shaking religion because we like this idea of God just burning everyone up. And then we preach this gospel of you're going to burn and you're going to burn and you're going to burn for eternity. And yes, hell is real. And yes, people are going there. But how are we going to get people to want him? How are we going to get people to say, I want that, I need that? You know, everything we're seeing happen in the world, I believe, this is my personal opinion, that like 90% of it is fatherlessness. Fear, all, everything, race, everything that we're seeing plague the world is because we don't have any fathers. But it's not just because of that, it's because the world doesn't know they have one. And it's why Jesus came. He didn't come to just say, you're wretched sinners. God messed up in the beginning, so I came to fix the problem. No, he was the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. He was not plan B. That messes with so much religion. Why? Because we like hell. And we get mad at protesters when they say hell awaits you. And then I have the nerve, I've done this to get up And all I talk about is hell with the same sign. It's his goodness that leads us to repentance. It's his kindness. Listen, it's the fact that God is good all the way around. I need the worship team, please. He sees nothing. When he looks at you, I heard A.W. Tozer said it like this. Everything God is, okay? Pay attention. You don't need to watch him walk up. It's okay. Okay. Everything that God is, He is perfectly and immutably. That word immutably means unchanging forever. So if God is love, okay, I'm just going to nudge you a little bit today. If God is love, He's not just love sometimes, He's not just love when you're a well behaved little boy, right? Like any parent would understand, my kid's bad all day, all day. There is literally days where, like, we had maybe two minutes of gentle William, Jr. My wife's like, you deal with him. I don't know what to do. You deal with him. I'm like, I don't want to deal with him. But nothing in me, my life in a moment, I'd give my life for him. You want to hear wrath? This is what God's wrath is like. Anyone ever had a family member that's sick? Now I've never had like a a family member that's like deathly sick and that'll never happen in my family in Jesus name. But something as small as this, I remember one time William like would literally water would touch his mouth and he was throwing up. And it was like almost a full day. And Emily and I are in the car and I was pissed. Can I say that? Sorry. I was mad. Does that help your religion feel better? I'm not, listen, people take what I say and they think that they can just go and cut. That's not at all what I'm saying. Don't don't have the language of the world and the language of heaven in your mouth, okay? Like, don't, don't take this as an opportunity to sin. If you think that I'm asking you to sin and saying it's okay, you have no idea what grace is. Okay, so let me just say that to be very clear. But I was upset. And I remember being in the car and I start yelling and banging my steering wheel. And I was like demanding. You remember this? This thing to leave my kid. And if I could in that moment, I would have crawled up in his little body and choked whatever virus was in there out of him. It made me angry because it's not allowed to touch my son. And he didn't throw up another time after that. We gave him food and everything. That is the wrath of God. Like this righteous indignation, This, you know, how many of you turn the news on and something just rises in you <laughs> That, and, and see, the problem is, is that because we have strong flesh, we get mad at the people. But our issue is not flesh and blood, but powers, principalities. And it's, so. But this righteous thing rises up, this justice thing that's driven by God. But his judgment removes anything that doesn't line up with your beloved identity. You see, God didn't give me a son to be sick. Mike Bickle, with, Mike Bickle says it like this. All of God's judgments are aimed at anything and everything that interferes with love. So in other words, when something interferes with what he says about you, he will severely destroy it because he severely loves you. That's the wrath of God. You see how we've made God this big bad dude and we think the fear of the Lord is being afraid When the fear of the Lord is, you are awestruck by his goodness. You are overwhelmed at how undeserving you were. Everything he is, he is perfectly and immutably. His mercy, he's not just merciful, he's the perfection of mercy and he is mercy forever he doesn't just do loving things this isn't some sensual sentimental love he his very person is love and he is love perfectly and forever which means when he says i have good thoughts for you thoughts to prosper you what he's saying is i will never have bad thoughts about you his nature demands it see no matter what you think of Nancy Pelosi or Trump or Obama or any of these people, God has good thoughts for them. And no matter what your opinion and your thoughts are, if we could start praying for them and not against them and that the wrath of God would rip away anything that keeps little Nancy away from her beloved identity in Christ because just like you were chosen in Christ Nancy Pelosi was chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world get over yourself get over your opinion this is how the kingdom of God comes when we wrap ourselves in the same love get out of the debate and when the world sees us they see us washing feet and not debating with another party this is the gospel it comes in meekness and humility not strength with a sword they wanted Jesus to come with a sword. They thought he was gonna take Rome and he came with a towel on his waist no. and he washed Judas's feet and then Judas went and betrayed him with clean feet that Jesus had washed. No. And just to top it off, just to offend everyone, he gave his money to him just to hold on. to. Do you think that Jesus knew that Judas was stealing the money? You see, the Lord's raising up a different breed of leader that doesn't say, hey, you're hurt, you're in pain, you need healing, go sit in the corner. No, no, no. God's raising up leaders that are saying, come close to me. I have found a life that's better than life itself. And you don't have to prove yourself to me. Could you imagine if God said that to you? You have to earn my trust, earn my love. That is not the God that we serve. The God that we serve says that love believes best all the time. If he says love believes the best and never holds any record of wrong, and it says in 1 John 4, 8, that God is love, it's saying that God always believes the best. That when you say, God, I love you, he really hears it and believes it. That when you say, God, I repent, he believes you. Man, what kind of God do we serve? See, I have. If you hear anything today as you stand to your feet, if you hear anything, anything today i want you to hear god saying this i am nothing i am nothing but love it changes your perspective of your pursuit my son's not attached to me because i beat him all the time My son is attached to me because he knows that when he does something bad, he can run to me. And what happens is, is now he's not obedient because he's afraid. He's obedient because he caught my heart. He's obedient because he doesn't wanna disappoint his father. He wants to make his father happy. When we see this revelation, our impulses will change. And I, 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 I actually felt this from the Lord, that I, I have to repent because I've been one. I, I took videos off of YouTube because I've been one that stood up and I've just spent an hour talking about darkness rather than showing them the light. And I've waved a banner of you're going to hell rather than waving a banner. that says, he loves us. Oh, how he loves us that caused people to run to him. I often say, Adam sinned against God and he ran from God in the garden because he didn't know something about God yet. When Peter denied Jesus three times, Peter saw him off in the shore and Peter jumped into the water to swim after him. What did Peter see in three years? What did Peter comprehend in seeing a God that, that walked up to a woman caught in adultery and didn't confront her on it, but said, I don't condemn you, go and sin no more. When Adam ran from God, Peter ran to God because he saw something in God. He says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And today there is is an invitation that says, if you've been stuck in religion and you have been consumed in the flesh and maybe you've been consumed in sin there is a father that you can run to that while you're just walking saying can I just be in, I'll, I'll serve, I'll do some duties, I'll, I'll clean God If I'll, I'll clean the church, I'll, I'll preach I'll, I'll talk to ten people a day make sure it's not nine so religious am I telling you not to talk to people are you kidding me, tell everyone about Jesus but don't do it because you're scared of him Do it because you're in love and you can't help to say anything but about this father that you're attached to. There's an opportunity today to buy new wine, to buy new oil. That isn't a religious message that we believe and doctrine called Christianity. No, there is a person that says when you were in your deepest, it doesn't matter if you watched pornography last night, you can run to him and he's not gonna condemn you and say, "You remember when you made the confession? Are you kidding me? You know how much this shakes religion? Like how many of you are parents and your kids mess up? Do you kick them out of the house at five? Or do you pray, do you pray? that if your kids ever get into a situation that's really horrible, that the first thing they do is call you. Is that your prayer? Yes or no. You see, when we were younger, Costi and I did stupid things all the time. Do you know there was something about my dad, there was something about him. He was intense, you've heard him preach. He was scary, you've heard him preach. And we were petrified. I mean, honestly, like we did something wrong, And he would tell us to come to his office and he wouldn't beat the heck out of us. And he would tell us, thank you that you came to me. And he created this relationship with him that there was no secrets, there was no shadows. We told him everything because we knew he wasn't gonna punch us in the face, but he was just gonna tell us, this is who you are. And the conviction was we didn't wanna hurt his heart. We didn't wanna disappoint him. We weren't afraid of the belt. Well, a little bit but I always knew it's, it's, it's that thing in, in, a, in, a, in a girl that just starts driving and, and her tire blows out and it's like Armageddon to her and she's on the road screaming, crying who does she call first? her dad Romans 8 14 says for as many as are led by the spirit of God these are the sons of God that word led in the Greek means to bring away by driving like a horse with a bit in its mouth. The Thayer's definition says to lead by laying a hold of. It's saying those that have laid a hold of, that have fastened themselves, that have attached themselves to him, those are the sons of God. There's a union, there's a oneness, there's a desire available with, that we have and, and you're not where you're not gonna sin because you're completely attached to him. Philippians 3.10, Paul said it like this, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. And I be conformed to his death, if by any means I may obtain the resurrection from the dead, not that I've already obtained or I'm already perfected, but I press on that I may lay a hold. It's being led by him. That I may lay a hold of that which Christ Jesus also has laid a hold of me listen when you see how much he's chosen to lay a hold of you and fasten himself to you and bind himself to you forever because everything he does is eternal I will cause to make it I, I will cause to make it your life's mission to attach yourself back to him listen if I could say I want to be known as something I don't know about you but I want to be known as a man. That when people see me, they say, now that's a man that's been taken a hold of by God. That is a man that God has laid a hold of and he has laid a hold of him. And there's no separating us because his love, it doesn't matter. Nothing will separate you from the love of God. No matter your behavior, no matter what you did, it's more than that. It's bigger than that. Sin is the beginning of getting rid of it. It's like the foundation. Paul said, do we have to go back to the elementary principles of repentance? I I believe that there's coming a day, as you lift your hands, I, I believe that there's coming a day where there's gonna be a people so fastened to his goodness and his love that when you look at him, all you find is the goodness and the love of God. A people so fastened to who he is that when you speak, creation can't decipher the voice between you and your father. You see, everything I'm preaching is the kingdom of God. There is oil available that is called the anointing of his spirit. And it so will intertwine itself with you that sin will be the last thing you're concerned about. And when your heart used to live by the impulses of the flesh and your heart would, be, would beat so fast and you get around sin and we call it conviction. No, no, no. All of a sudden the spirit of God comes in and your heart starts beating because you know him. And that, that impulse that's gone from flesh to life, that impulse that's gone from flesh to spirit, all the sudden What used to hold you down doesn't hold you down anymore. And you're so caught up in this identity, this beloved identity that you didn't deserve, that when you speak to the storm, the storm hears the same voice that they heard as the sun stood on the water and said, peace. You see, creation is waiting for the sons of God to be made known, but you'll never be that son that's being made known unless you know that you're known to him, unless you know that you're loved by him and there's nothing you could do to obtain it. There's nothing that you can do to take it away and it's that understanding, it's that knowledge that keeps us living a holy life by his righteousness and not our own. Hey, thanks so much for joining us today. We pray that you enjoyed that message. If you'd like more information on what we're up to or how to connect with us and even to see our upcoming events, you can visit us at risennation.org. We bless you, grace and peace to you today.